So are we going to bring another guest up? Yeah, absolutely. Well, Who hey, do you listen, got for us, guys? I got a guest here today, Edwin Lombard. Edwin A. Lombard III, President and Chief Executive Officer, Edwin Lombard Management LLC, Public Relations and Event Coordination. Mr. Lombard oversees the strategic direction of Edwin Lombard Management LLC. ELM's mission is to create and maintain strategic alliances with major industries, ethnic leadership, and the legislative body in the effect to communicate the needs and concerns of the black community throughout the United States and of the state of California. ELM organizes and educates African-Americans, uh, grassroots and grass tops support and mobilizes ethnic leaders to drive legislation in a positive direction for the benefit of clients' expectations. Lombard has also established a collaborative working relationship with Latino and Asian organizations, forming a minority-majority coalition that works on issues of concern for the benefit of all parties. So now, first of all, welcome to the show, so Mr. Glad Lombard. Thank you for having me. We're glad you're here. I appreciate this. So now, listen, you said that was a lot. I, 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 I've only, I've right only like, I just only, I've only scratched the surface as to who this person really is. So we're going to start by saying, with that all that we said in the opening, tell us who you are once okay. again. First, let me, let me break that down to <laughs> its lowest common denominator. Okay, bite-sized. Basically, what I do is I take legislative and regulatory issues that are important to the industries that are being affected by for these instance, things. For instance, give us uh, an example. Well, like uh, the climate change issue. Oh, very okay. good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the big push is, you know, kill off fossil fuels so that, you know, we can all live a better life. It's a okay. great cause. Uh, it's definitely something that has to happen. But if we were to pull the plug on fossil fuels right now, the minority community would suffer most. In, in, in what way? That's well, alternative energy is in its infancy. Mm -hmm. They're just beginning to understand how these things work and how to make it function. Yes. To make it valuable to mm -hmm. society. I know exactly what you When you do that, you're in the infancy stage. Things are extremely expensive. And because it's expensive, those folks that live on the coastline, you know, that can afford this stuff, no big deal. I'll, you know, get rid of plastic bags and get rid of this and right. get me off of fossil fuels. I don't yes. mind paying a little bit more money for my energy. Mm. But it'll so be you a go long into the inner city time. and all of a sudden you got grandmothers who ride the bus coming from the grocery store. And for them to carry a handful of plastic bags, it's a lot easier than carrying a paper bag. And you can carry way more stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, for them to have to add another few dollars to their energy bill every every uh, month, that means less food that they have in the house. Okay. You understand what I'm saying? Okay. So it's it's a great cause. It's something that has to happen. But I believe that if you allow things to happen in the time that it's supposed to happen in, mm -hmm. it's going to happen anyway because that's the future. But you, why force the future when it's going to come anyway? You're also saying that we would be the last to be affected. It's going to be a long time before we can do without the fossil fuels. We still need certain things that have to have the it. people on the hill can okay. 
<laughs> so they so, can get away without without having it. Yeah. So, so in what, essence, so what, 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 you what do, I do, what, what you I do, do is, is that you take an issue like that. Yes. And then what do you do with that issue? Once? Well, I go to the um, legislative body when there's a vote on these types of issues, and I want to uh, before they even vote on it, mm. I gather groups of people from the the uh, communities of these legislators mm-hmm. that understand this issue and have been educated on it, and we go and we have a conversation with okay, them. And we cool. say, you know, assemblyman or senator so-and-so, uh, we're from your district, and, you know, this is how we feel about this issue. Okay. That way when he's voting, uh-huh. he's representing those people, people in okay. that neighborhood. Right. You so you give, you give a voice to that issue. Yes, and, and mm. before he gets a chance to play politics. Okay, so <laughs> that's right. what I do. I, I, try, I try to make sure that the minority community has a voice at the table when it comes to issues that are going to affect us. Okay, very cool. Okay. That, that's a... You spend a lot of time at the Capitol then. At the um, Capitol with the Capitol type folks and all that. Yeah, I spend more time in uh, restaurants and bars and oh, okay, um, you golf know. courses. Yeah. So, oh, the off, peripheral off off the beaten path. Uh-huh. <laughs> periphery of, of the Capitol. When the real work is done. <laughs> okay. That's, so, that sounds like a very glamorous job, man. I don't think I don't I'm know like about glamorous. Oh, well, hold on. You know, it gets, it gets I, you better. Know, it gets better. <laughs> okay. Well, eat so, a lot. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So he's also, um, he resides now in Roseville. He's yes. from New Orleans originally. Yes, he right. Nolens. From, from Nolens. <laughs> he was born in Nolens, <laughs> but he came to L.A. Yes. And then from L.A. he came this way. Right. Okay. But he is um, a member of the Black Chamber of Commerce. Yes. Um, he's a, a member of the Black Business Association, the NAACP, Urban League. So he's got his hand in all these different organizations that are here in Sacramento. Awesome. Okay. Um, he came from the South Central Los Angeles area. I when it, when the, it used to be called Watts. Watts. South Central. Right. The okay. real South Central. The real South Central. <laughs> NWA. Okay. NWA. Right. With no attitudes or with attitudes in stereo. Well, put it like this. When I was in South Central Los Angeles, it was during the time that uh, these young men spoke about in the lyrics that they that right. they rapped. Right. Right. They were talking about the times when I was growing up. I lived okay, in a neighborhood. Stop. Don't say nothing. Well, let me finish. I, I lived in the neighborhood. <laughs> I grew up on 104th and Figueroa. Okay. All right. You're going to let it out. Uh, that's right between Washington High School and Locke High School. Okay. okay? Not too far from uh, Jordan and Manual Arts. And my boyhood friends <coughs> were two guys, mm-hmm. uh, one named Alfred Coward. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was known as Blackie. Yes. Another one named Raymond Cook. And they called him Cooks. And they were the infamous. These guys were best friends with the guys who created the Crips. Oh, well. Okay. Okay. These were my boyhood friends. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, we used to just hang out in the neighborhood and stuff. And one thing led to another. And they got involved with uh, a different side of the society than I did. Um, And they wound up uh, being leaders of one of the most infamous gangs in the world. Uh, whereas I have six younger brothers. Okay. I have five cousins that oh. live down the street from me. Uh-huh. I had four other cousins that lived around the corner from me. So, so you put us all gang. together. <laughs> That's so your own gang. gang. <laughs> you know, it's a family affair. The thing was, we were not, you know, trying to do harm to people, but because there were so many of us, no one would bother us. Of course. Yeah. Okay, let me ask you a yeah. question, though. This is the question that 
I always have in, inside my head. And I'm thinking, you know, there's a lot of people out here. We all have choices. So you hung out with someone who was notoriously involved with making this crypt thing happen. What makes you decide not to travel down that road? How do you how do you find the will, the strength, the power it takes for you to be in an environment like that and then still say, no, I'm not going to get caught up? There's 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 one and only one reason. Okay. Is it start with an M? That's my dad. Okay, I thought it was an M or a D. Oh. That's my dad. Mama or daddy. Okay. Um my dad was a tremendous man. He had two daughters and seven sons. Yeah. Okay. okay. There's a lot of potency there. And um <laughs> my dad was the type of guy that um he got up at, in the morning before the sun rose and he didn't come home until uh, late at night, oh, and wow. when we were in New Orleans growing up, uh, my dad used to leave on Monday and sometimes wouldn't get back until Wednesday because he would leave job as a uh, cement mason working construction all day, and then he would go down to the docks and he would haul bananas off a banana boat. And then he would leave that banana boat job and go back to the construction job. And he'd Whoa. work until he couldn't do work, work no more. He don't, then he'd come home. Wake well, got all those kids. You got to feed them. And he <laughs> he believed in taking care of his own. Yeah. So yeah. Seven, he seven. taught me things. And then I had a grandfather that was, that was uh, my grandfather was from the street. He was hard. Mm. Right. My dad, my grandfather was a womanizer. He was an alcoholic. He was a gambler. And, and he did all the things that my dad didn't do. But my grandfather was wise. He taught me certain things, too. But he also taught me some things not to do. So I had the best of both worlds. OK. And because of that, when it came time to make choices, I was the oldest of the seven boys. And one thing my dad told me was, son, you have to go out and do it right, because however you do it, the rest of them are going to mm. do it. OK. So he said, uh, I need you Follow to go the out there and do the right thing. So so how did how did that um how did that turn out? How did your other siblings turn out? Oh, my brothers are awesome. They're they're all in, incredible men. They're all men of God. They're all uh, you know family men, and and they take care of their kids, and and they do what they're supposed to do. So it all worked out well. So how did you end up in the field that you're in right now? Okay, now here we go. Wait, wait, yeah, wait, 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 wait. This okay. is where the drum How do you end up from Watts hold to the Capitol? Wait, <laughs> oh. hold on. I gotta say this. Can I say? This? Let me just say this. I've worked with Lombard. LLC for the last few years as um, a photographer for them. Amen. Okay. They have given me opportunity to do some things that I think have been some of the highlights of my career as a creative person. But in being around them, we've had conversations. <laughs> and uh -oh. in having these conversations, <laughs> see, this brother started talking, but he didn't go all the way back for you, Lawrence. Okay, we're going to do that. Have, yeah, yeah, I'm going here. <laughs> is this, this, your, this is your this life? Is, this, is, this is your life. <laughs> okay. All right. Coming out this door. When Mr. Edwin was in high school, yes. he was one of the original locker dancers. Okay. You know, the rerunning them. Okay, yeah. He was one of the originals. Okay. He was the creator, he was one of the creators of the dance group known as the Go-Go Brothers. Yeah. And he was also, also a regular on Soul Train. <laughs> so really? he was so a true. big have part. Skills. So true. So, 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 so you wait, have dance wait, skills wait, 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 used wait. to. Wait a minute, hold on for a minute. He said used to. Edwin began his professional career as an account representative. How do you say that? Moultrie? Moultrie. Moultrie account 
Accountancy. Accountancy Corporation. At the time, the largest black owned and the third largest business management firm in the world. Yeah. Edwin provided business management services for clients such as The Temptations, Prince, The Jacksons, Louis Gossett Jr., Ray Parker Brown Jr., Mickey Howard, and a host of others. It was here, working under some of the top business managers in entertainment industry, that Edwin developed them personal skills that we're sitting here talking about. Yeah. And in June of 1989, Edwin, along with Joseph, say his name. Uh, De Oliveira. De Oliveira established DeLome Professional Management Incorporated, a business management firm. DeLome served as cli- served clients such as Temptations, The Temptations, Soul to Soul, Tavis Smiley, Dr. Clarence Shields, the L.A. Rams team doctor, Mickey Howard, Louis Gossett Jr., among others. DeLome was the official ballot counter of the NAAC Image Awards for three years running. Yeah. So now, yeah. a ballot counter. This yeah. brother here <laughs> got so, more hats than I got. Okay, let yeah, me, he, let, me he, go he let me go back. Let me go back for that. That early years sound like you oh, dancing and stuff. <laughs> right. So I uh, I attended a very small all boys Catholic high school in Los Angeles <laughs> called Verbum Day High School. Okay. Okay. My graduating class was twenty six people. Wow. Okay. Um, while in high school, back in the late 60s, early 70s, Soul Train was the big thing, right? So me and a good friend of mine, now I was 16 years old, uh, me and a good friend of mine, a guy named Tony Lewis, we wanted to be on Soul Train. And we realized that the only way we was going to ever be on Soul Train was we had to uh, develop certain dance skills. Okay. And we also had to figure out where the secret place was where you go and interview for the show. Cause you had so to, you had to develop like, certain dance skills. Well, yeah, because you couldn't just be an average dancer and get on Soul Train. Okay, you all had right. To be seen. You I, had to I, have some skills. I, 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 I kind of foresee a uh, flash dance montage coming up. No, this is what <laughs> we found out where Don Cornelius used to go and pluck his talent, right? It was a nightclub called the Citadel on Hollywood Boulevard. And he would go there on Wednesday nights. So wait a minute. It was a secret. Was stalking him? No, 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 no. <laughs> they no, were no. stalking the secret place. Oh, they was they was they investigating. Had to find out. Investigating had to find so out. So they was investigating. So y'all had like a, a uh-huh. soul train detective. That's right. Thing happening. Well, we okay. had a friend who who had, who was on the show, and he said, "Okay, this is the deal." So we're sixteen, right? Now my I dad was goes, my huh? dad was cool. He was he said, "Look, son, <laughs> you got to get out there and figure this thing out because I can't tell you what to do and how to do it." So I asked him. I said, "Is it cool for me to go out to do this thing?" on Wednesday night. Now, it's a school night, all right? It's close to summertime. So he said, no, man, go on. Y'all go do your thing. So we used to go to, to the Citadel on Wednesday nights, fake ID and everything. And we get it <laughs> into this place. And the first time we went. So where did y'all get the fake ID? Oh, I, I can't go there. <laughs> <laughs> if I, I tell you that, there. I have to kill you. <laughs> I can't go there. But anyway, so the secret was, was the you secret was you, you get to the club before 9 o'clock. Okay. Because the club was free before nine okay. and ain't nobody in the club the bouncers are not there bothering nobody you walk up to the to the gate there's little the girl who was taking the IDs right you you put the eye on her okay. and you she put the ain't paying attention to the, the numbers did you hear that you put the eye on her what does the eye on her mean well, you know you, you, you like, act like you're you trying to up. make a move oh. <laughs> she's so busy watching you she's not paying attention to your ID <laughs> 
But so you, was, you in the club? You was a brave sixteen year old. Oh, yeah. man. I, look, I grew up you in put LA. Eye so on hey, put an eye I grew on up in LA. Frankie Catalina. <laughs> so you get in the club and uh, and what's up, uh, fucking mama? You, you know, we we practicing our dance moves and stuff. We getting ready, thinking Don Coney is gonna come in there and, and and check us out. All of a sudden, here comes this group of guys. Right? They dressed in these crazy outfits and stuff. Was they wearing bell bottoms and stuff like no, that? No, no, no. They, they was had wearing knickers, and knickerbockers, knickers and suspenders, and crazy and them, socks. And, and them big Apple Jacks And them uh, Them hats and stuff man And they were doing this dance And I was like Whoa They, was, they came in walking in Doing a dance Yeah <laughs> I mean look These dudes They own the joint They walked in the place And it just opened up to them They did whatever they wanted to do Yeah yeah <laughs> Well <laughs> I'm sitting here watching these guys And I'm watching how That's the like crowd is reacting movie, And it's Don Cor- It's Don Campbell Uh huh this guy named Greg Pope, who was who was Campbell Jr. Um, this other guy that we used to call uh, Fluky, Fluky, right? And this guy named Shabadoo. So it's four of them. The original. You know that was some love. Shabadoo. Shabadoo. Yeah. Not not Shabadoo who played in the movies and stuff. He That's came Scooby along Doo. later. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, these guys are in the club. They're doing their thing, and me and my friend Tony, we sitting there, mouths gapped open. We like. Dude, that's it. <laughs> yeah. We got to be a part of that. We got, we became friends with Greg Campbell Jr. And we learned how to do the dance. And what which we dance, did which was. Which dance did you learn how to do? Pop- well, the Campbell Lock. There was Pam. Pop- See, everybody calls it locking, but it's the Campbell Lock because Don Campbell created it. Oh. Okay? I wish I had a Campbell so, so y'all it, could see it, me locking. Is it pop locking? Or no, no, no. Popping and, and all that stuff came, came way later. Late. After. Way so late. So what's the, what's the Campbell Lock? Uh, it's you know when it when you do the lock. Oh, okay, kind of like um, you know, what's that dude off of the uh, show? What's that show? Um, was that um, um, rerun? Rerun, the rerun, right? Yeah, rerun. That's Fred Bear. Ca- he's yeah. doing the Camelot. Fred went to school with us. That's it. Fred what? went to school with us. So that's that's where the whole locking thing. Tony and I we started dancing with those guys, and we created our own dance routines. Now mm-hmm. we were the only ones that were doing synchronized dance routines. And we 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 had this thing that we used to do, and we would go so, double let, speed. Let, let me let me ask you this real quick. So, did you ever walk into a club and start and just break out dancing like they did? Or? Dude, it was like it, it was on. Let me tell you like this. Once we got into the into the locking thing, there wasn't a club we couldn't go to and just walk in the club. But did they all know you were sixteen? They didn't care. Oh, and that's how well he could do that. He was a they part didn't of the care. group. I was an original locker who danced on Soul Train, so they didn't even oh, stop me at the door. It was like the, the, so you didn't have to put the eye on nobody. No nobody, more. man. <laughs> it was just part just the crowd and show them in. We danced on like, tables. We danced we dance on the ball. We would do whatever we wanted to do because we were the lockers. This that's it. Okay. All right. That's awesome. This but is see, awesome. but see, well, the, was cool that's, was, the, that's the crazy part to see him in his world today. Yes, whole nother. And then, so was you wearing knickers too? No, we wore yeah knickers, knickers, striped socks, rainbow striped socks, yeah, shoes that matched. Suspenders, the big uh, apple hats. jacks. Well, not that. Not but the they apple were. They, we they were actually was really a big old big, big one. They were yeah. apple. Yeah, I forget what we apple cakes. <laughs> but we and man, look, people would see us coming and they would be like, "Oh, the lockers are here." And like I say, we didn't pay to get in no clubs. So this is in Watts. This is no. We went. We danced. They, they, and they went beyond Watts in Hollywood and in, in West LA, um, down in Orange County. 
And, you know, speaking of Orange County, we used so to go to dance making money doing this? We used to go to dance contests every night. We would we would win first, second, third place in all the dance contests. First, second, and to. third place. And we would just put our money together and then split the money up. And that's how we oh. made money. So y'all would dance separately in little groups and then come together as one. Y'all was doing like a parliament. So there, 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 yeah. there was no there was no exactly. paper route for you. No. You, no. You was you went beyond paper route to make money. No, it, it wasn't like, no paper route. Okay. No how much route. how much money did you pull did you pull in? I don't remember, that. man. We were just having fun. It was a we were just time. kids having fun. It was a great time. You know? You know. Uh, well, you know, so the locking <laughs> thing. Friend Tony Lewis, who was my go-go brother, he lives in Japan now. He has two sons that are locking, They're doing probably stuff that Japanese we used to do. Locking. Now, Tony and I are 60. Yeah. Tony's still locking. See. Tony goes all over the world judging dance contests. Okay. Putting on clinics and stuff, along with my good friend, uh, James Higgins. We called him Skeeter, Skeeter Rabbit. And he's an OG locker also. <laughs> Skeeter Rabbit. But these boys, they just, did, they just did a big thing in Paris. Uh-huh. Well, know, the, well the, the whole Italy. culture, the whole culture, the locking, oh, the yeah. popping, Brazil, the, the graffiti these boys and stuff. Are still doing all this over stuff. the world, people are doing it big time. Oh, it's they're huge. doing it more there than they're doing it here. Huge. So do you do you still got moves now? Can you still do it now? Uh, I did say that I'm 60. <laughs> <laughs> they got, still doing it? <laughs> he got, but he got some slight moves. Okay, that's what I'm saying. You're like, I'm sorry. My back okay. won't let me do Tell that him. anymore. Okay, He's uh, just cooler now. No, I don't do that. So now check this out. Okay, so, Google Go-Go Google the Go-Go Brothers. I'm telling y'all, we had website called Locker Legends. Locker Legends. And I'm going there as soon as I get home. You want to know about Wait a minute. That. Do you have a YouTube right of you or is there a YouTube out there? Of I you? don't know about that. I'm going to Google right now. Google the Locker Legends. Okay. No, the Go-Go Brothers. Yeah. Which one's the best one? Go-Go or Google? Either way, it's all No, no, the Go-Go up. Brothers. That's their name. It'll okay, all Go-Go come Brothers up. on Google. It'll all come up. <laughs> right. So uh, that was me growing up. So what was the transition? Well, the transition was um, I've always been an entrepreneur. So entrepreneur dancing on Soul Train and all of that stuff. That was cool. That brought notoriety. But then the next thing was uh, we started throwing dances. Right. Oh, OK. Your Here own we dances. Yeah. We started throwing dances okay. and, and collect, you know, getting people to pay to come to the dances and making money. And then I got together with a dear friend of mine. His name is Roland Wirt. If you go to L.A. and you ask just about anybody about Roland Wirt, everybody knows Roland. Uh, Roland and I used to run a nightclub called the Golden Tail. And uh, we used to do all of Magic Johnson's birthday parties. Mm. And whenever the NBA would come to town to play the Lakers after the game, they'd come to the Golden Tail. That's how big that club was. Is this Golden is this, this pre-HIV or post-HIV? <laughs> oh, this is when Magic was just getting to the Lakers. He oh, was just okay. A kid. He was just a kid. Okay. So um, did that for a long time. Um, at the same time, I started working for Fred Moultrie. And, you know, working with all those different artists, I can say that I sang on the stage of Caesar's Palace with the Temptations. You sang on stage? Sang on stage, my girl with the Temptations at Caesar's Palace. Can we get a note? Uh, no, I don't do that no more he, don't, he don't do nothing no more. <laughs> all, my life, all, my life all completely all, changed. All he do now is make money. <laughs> That's all he do right now. So, oh, and, I, right. and I went on tour. I went on tour with the group Soul to Soul out of London. Wait, wait. Since you went to the group on Soul to Soul out of London. Maybe y'all should get you, together. No, no. Were you with them in Oakland when they came to Oakland? Yes, I brought them to Oakland. Well, let me tell you something about the show at Oakland, y'all. <laughs> soul to Soul... Probably only appeared in California one time. Yeah, that was and they it. came to Oakland, 
And they put on a show that has been the, what do you call it? Pinnacle. No. No, this show was like so over the top. I haven't seen nothing like it. They had... We went into this auditorium. The only seats in the place was in the balcony. That's right. The first floor was laid out that it was a dance floor. They put on a show. In the show was a fashion show. In the show was also an art show. Yes. So they had they had paintings larger than the whole stage. And then when they once the, once the song got finished, the painting would drop to the floor, and then maybe models would come out and model. But this soul of soul was over the top. And I almost cried when they didn't do it no more. And I was there. And that was probably one of the you most said you're amazing. Almost, you said I you cried when Soul of Soul stopped. <laughs> and I'm telling you, no, no, listen, I'm going to tell you why I'm saying what I'm saying. Soul of Soul. God, so cry over there. No, listen to me. Soul to Soul affected music so greatly yes. when they came to America that they changed the whole game. Yes. They put something on the American musicians that they couldn't take off. Yeah. And they made American musicians change the direction that they was going in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When they said soul to soul, soul to soul was no joke. Is that the choir? No. What's the song? Is the, it's what's called the song? Keep On Moving. Okay. Keep On, keep on moving. moving. Yeah, Keep yeah. On okay. Moving. Okay. Yeah. The... Jazzy B is oh, the Jazzy uh, head. His, oh, his real goodness. name is Beresford. Uh, uh, Oh, I forget his last name now. Well, since you brought that show to town, I just want to say thank you because it was like, oh, the man. Ooh-wee. See, what people don't know about Soul to Soul, Soul to Soul is what they call a collective. It was a collective. Oh, okay. So they are a culture in London. Oh, yes. Okay. And in, in in London, you had um, black people who whose family originated from the Caribbean who was yeah. brought to London to work as nannies for the kids and housekeepers. You got it. And over the years, those people's children became British citizens and they formed their own collectives. Mm -hmm. So it was a subculture in London and they had fashion shows, they had um, clothing stores, they had restaurants, they had art galleries, they had uh, nightclubs. And they brought that home. And Jazzy was an underground DJ. Yes, they brought... they brought all of Everything that to the en- that energy to the stage, and that was soul to soul show. Oh, it was it was crazy. It was very unique and very different. I and not only did they influence music here in the United States, oh, they, they changed the game worldwide. Yes. I, can, I can see Goss weeping yes. over oh, the passing of that. They oh, were amazing. Yeah. That was like Goss. No, no, but I mean, fashion, like I'm saying, it, fashion it, it was the fashion thing, but they also had this amazing art show. Yeah. And then, like the, the band, like on cue, this painting would drop out the sky and it'd be a new painting. And I was like, wait a minute, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> he lost his freaking mind. <laughs> Would, could you give him? Could you give him my mind he back? Because you just, you just. I mean, it was. I, I don't go to concerts a lot, but yeah. that is one. Yeah, that is one it concert was worth that going was to. worth. So did you had a, you had a concert gasm? Oh man. Yeah. Okay. I had a big one. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you like? Yeah, yeah. yeah, that was amazing. Okay. So that was. Uh, Thank you. Touring with Soul to Soul was was a high point of my life. So uh, you toured with Soul to Soul. Yeah, I was their their uh, tour manager. Oh so wow! I took Very them cool. All around the United States and and over in and uh, Europe and London also. So transitioning on. Yeah, how did you... How do you go from music to politics? Let me me break it down. Break it down. Um, I picked up an artist um, by the name of Domino. Um, uh, Domino did a record called Ghetto Jam. It was a big hit back in the day. Okay. Domino went to school with Snoop Dogg and all those boys Mm. out of Long Beach. Domino used to write the lyrics and Snoop used to rap. 
Okay. Well, they broke off. Domino wound up going off into his own little thing. I discovered him at a talent show. Kid was amazing. Mm-hmm. He could sing better than he could rap, but because rap was a thing, that's what he mm-hmm. got that's into. What he for. So I picked him up as an artist, and uh, we started doing some things. He got a record deal through a sub-label under Russell Simmons and those guys. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, our dear friend, Mr. Suge Knight, starts showing up at Domino's shows. Oh Lord! This is, yes, now, we know. Said. Oh Lord! Yeah, how we know. notorious that brother is. Well, <laughs> yes. I had a first-hand encounter with him. He approached me one day and he said, "Hey, man, uh, I kind of like your artist." I said, "Yeah, I like him too." Said, Give him to me. <laughs> he said, uh, "You know, I want to add him to my stable." I said, well, "It's not going to happen." Yeah, this is a big dude. Yeah, but you know, name, I'm not no punk. Okay, you know, I just let him know. I just said, "Dude, this is my know. artist." You know, you know, there's plenty of guys out here. You know, go get somebody else. Well, that went along fine for a while, but then rap music began to be the thing. Mm. And it changed the game music wise. So the business that I was in. So you you had to transition. Oh, yeah. You had to either. Gangster to gangster rap to all that. Oh, yeah. And it it was cool until people like Should Knight got into the game. My encounter with Suge was one thing, and then uh, in order to stay in the game, you had to go to these crazy parties that these guys were doing. Yeah. Because if you're going to handle their finances, they want you to be part of what they're doing. They want to be, yeah. You want you got to be one of their boys. And I went to some pretty outrageous parties, and this lady sitting right over here, you know, came to me one night and said, "Babe, you got to do something else." <laughs> Okay. Because <laughs> this ain't going to work. Because this ain't happening. <laughs> this ain't going to work. You, you came home dressed in a toga. <laughs> well, think she of like, it like this. Like, Babe, you got to do something else. Think of it like this. I'm, I'm running a nightclub <laughs> with, with my boy Roland Work. So this that's the Golden Tail. So Wednesday through Saturday, I'm at the Golden Tail. While I'm working at Moultrie's, handling these entertainers, at, at night, Wednesday through Saturday, we run in a nightclub, I mean, which had lines wrapped around the block. Mm-hmm. Of women trying to get in. Mm-hmm. And then I'm dealing with these rappers and crazy people like Suge Knight and these parties and stuff. So I'm, I'm not coming home until like 2, 3 in the morning on a regular. Mm-hmm. Every morning. And even though the money was outrageous, my wife was like, mm, uh, wait a minute. <laughs> Quality of life. What you doing? Mm-hmm. And we started having babies. And <laughs> through the grace of God, I had girls. <laughs> About a girl. Oh, so oh, it was yeah. time for a lifetime Yeah, change. you had to change that. Lifestyle yeah. change. Yeah, yeah um, One thing led to another, and there were some other things that were involved there, but I decided that it was time for me to get out of the music industry and get into something else. So searching my soul, trying to figure out what is it I wanted to do. Mm, that'd be a hard one. Yeah. One thing that I love doing more than anything else is playing golf. And I was really good at it, always, always, well, started off terrible at it, but I figured out how to play this game and I became rather good at it. A cousin of mine introduced me to a brand new golf course, not near from where I was living in the uh, Inland Empire. Oh. And uh, they were looking for people to come and work. San Bernardino? No, this was in, uh, we lived in Phillips Ranch, which was Pomona Diamond Bar. And this golf course was in Rancho Cucamonga. Oh, yeah. Rancho Cucamonga. Yeah. Yeah. I like that name. Rancho, where you from? Rancho Cucamonga. I know, that's deep, huh? (laughs) So I took a job there as a ranger. A ranger on the golf course is a guy who rides around the course and makes sure everybody stays on time. Now, rangers don't make no kind of money. 
you just get to get play golf for free. But it was my door in. It was my mm. foot in. So because yeah, black people don't use it again. Yeah. Golf club. Uh, golf. Well, that's so, anyway. story. <laughs> so I did that, and the monies I had started to run out, and my wife was looking at me like, what "Now you got to do something else. You got to do something." Go back to go back to the golden tail. <laughs> because I was I was adamant about this. I so I uh, I took a job selling shoes at Nordstrom's. Hey, lady shoes you. at Nordstrom's. Hey. Oh wow, that's a See? big pay cut. And then I took a job at at the Hilton as a bellboy. So okay. between shoes at Nordstrom's, wow, bellboy at, at Hilton, and you know working at the golf course, I was just making enough money to make ends meet. But that's a far wow. away from the golden tail. Huge. Yeah. Huge. That's a, That's huge, a major step. So yeah, transition. The, the managers of the, uh, the golf course came to me one day and said, Edwin, we need an assistant manager, and we like the way you do things. Would you consider the job? So it was a little bit of an increase in pay and, and a little more status, so I took the job. Uh, it allowed me to get rid of the, uh, the job at Nordstrom's. <laughs> yeah, no more women's shoes. Uh, but I still worked at the Hilton, and then a opportunity came to manage a golf course here in Sacramento, mm. right? Wild Hawk down in Elk Grove. Yeah. The golf course had been open maybe a year and it hadn't done well. Mm. And uh, the facility was not uh, well managed or taken care of. So no one wanted the job. Now, being a black man and working mm. in golf, mm. it was like uh, you take whatever you can get. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, it's That's the good, a good old, old boys boy. club. Yeah, good old boy. I didn't realize at the time that I was the first black manager of a golf course in the state of California. Wow. This is real. I didn't realize that. Mm. This is real. I was just doing my thing. Doing this is job. real. Yeah. And so I told him, I'll take the Sacramento job. I came to Sacramento. And uh, when I got off the plane, coming from L.A., I got off the plane and I was like, where the hell am I? <laughs> <laughs> Lord, like, what the hell is this? <laughs> like, Lord, you, hopefully you know what you're doing because you show sure like, funny, Lord. He said, Lord, you oh, sure telling jokes. But I got to tell you, the Holy Spirit touched me, and He said, "Don't be concerned. This is where you need to be. Everything's gonna be all right." Yeah. He said, "I'm gonna take you to the land of milk and honey." Hmm. And I'm saying, okay, Father, I'm with you. Let's let's go do this. I show up. I walk into the clubhouse, and there's a lot of old white guys <laughs> working at the golf course. Oh Lord! So I didn't tell them who I was. Yeah, I just they were like, are you lost? I just came in, and I'm kind of surveying like everything. A moment. You remember the movie Brubaker? I'm kind of surveying everything, and then one of the guys came up to me, and he said, uh, "Can I help you?" I said, yeah, you, you can help me. I said, uh, where is so-and-so? And he said, uh, oh, he's over here in the manager's office. I said, can you introduce me to him? He said, well, what do you need him for? Okay. And I said, well, you know, I just need to talk to him. So he pointed me out, pointed him out to me. I went over and uh, introduced myself. And when I introduced myself, he looked and he's like, oh, <laughs> You're the new manager. My boss. <laughs> and I said, yeah, I'm, I'm the new manager. And I said, uh, you know, looking forward to the opportunity. And I asked him if he would gather all the employees and have them come into the restaurant area so I can introduce myself. That would have, ooh-wee. And, man, I don't know what they were saying. 
But I could only imagine. But when I when they all got in there, I could hear this buzz. And then when I walked into the room and introduced myself, this hush came over the room. <laughs> and that's when reality hit me. It was like, Black Jesus. That this is not going to be what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. I was there for two and a half years. I took that golf course from being one of the worst golf courses in Sacramento to being one of the best golf courses. I more than doubled their income level. I brought customer service to that golf course in a way that they never understood customer service before. So now, those people that were there when you first landed, what was the response to you after you had been there for a while and they started seeing things change? Some of them became really good friends. Mm -hmm. Some of them left. Just left. Yeah. yeah. Did not say imagine, they yeah. were going to leave. They just left. Because Sacramento can't be conservative. Very yes. Conservative. And then and then I brought I brought some people in and gave them their first jobs in golf. And some of them wound up uh, turning on me without me knowing about it. Wow. Um, but after two and a half years, the contract that I had that the company I worked for had to manage that golf course, they didn't renew because they wanted to get rid of me. Mm. Wow. Now, while I was there, I did some things. I met uh, quite a few legislators. I did golf tournaments for a number of uh, high-ranking officials. So you had a golden parachute. Yeah, and uh, Cruz Bustamante was one of those people. After I was terminated, I had brought my wife and kids here, and we settled in, and I just wasn't going to turn back around. So um, I went around, and I— Tried to find in some work here and there from wherever I could get it. Nothing was available. Um, so Cruz Bustamante and a gentleman named Tom D'Agostino asked me if I would do some golf tournaments for them to raise money. Mm. And I said, sure, I'll help you out. So I was helping them raise money with some golf tournaments. And my wife came to me one day and said, what are you doing? I said, well, what do you mean? You should charge for this. <laughs> she said, you're running a business but you're not running a business. <laughs> okay. And the lights came on. <laughs> and then I set up a golf tournament fundraising yeah. business. Okay. And it became extremely successful, so much so that Jerome Horton, who at the time was the president, oh, I'm sure the chairman of the, of the uh, Legislative Black Caucus, came to me through Larry Broussard and Darnell Cooley, and said, man, why are you raising money for everybody else but black people? And I said, well, they signing my contracts and writing them checks. <laughs> go where you got to go. So he said, I want to hire you to put an event together for the Legislative Black Caucus. It's going to be our annual uh, major fundraiser, and I need you to be the one to make it happen. And I went down, uh, I got together with Darnell Cooley and Larry Broussard. We went down to Santa Barbara, which is some of the best golf courses in the world. We started doing an event down in Santa Barbara for the Black Caucus. Uh, I did that for eight years running. I worked for Jerome Horton. I worked for uh, Rod Wright. I worked for I worked for <laughs> Mervyn Dimely, who was my political mentor. I worked for Kevin Murray. I worked for, I mean, you name it, the, who, the, it was the who's who of black legislators right, at the time. Yeah. And I ran events for them. And I raised money for quite a few legislators. Uh, and then it got to a point where uh, it was time for me to make another change. And because the fundraising and event planning business was doing well, I decided to turn this over to my wife, Glenda. 
And Glenda was on your show yeah, last, last month. Last month, and she explained to her, to you, what she what she did and how she did it. Well, she took this thing to another level. Mm-hmm. She totally took the event planning to another place. She did it in a way that I could have never mm-hmm. dreamed of. Huh? And I transitioned into a political consultant doing the uh, advocacy work that I do now, and that's okay. how I got into politics. But Merv Dimely taught me the game. He, uh, Merv used to take me to dinner at least once a month, sometimes twice a month, to his little hidden gems of restaurants that he likes to go to. And uh, we would sit down and I'd pick his brain. Okay. So, so, you know, so do you, do you like uh, Game of Thrones? Love Game of Thrones. <laughs> One of my favorite I shows. Knew, I knew you would. <laughs> so what you're saying is, what I'm getting from what you're saying is, you have been mentored by some of the best people. Absolutely. So what I'm saying when I say that I'm saying to the Black Talk listening audience is if you have yourself in a position where you could take a young person under your wing and kind of guide them along the way, I think it's time for us to start guiding our people. Without a doubt. You know, anything's possible. Look, I'm knowledge not- is power, right? Knowledge is power. The best way to get knowledge is to read, that's why I love what Mama Rose is doing here with underground books. Some of the books on these shelves, man, there's some pretty amazing stuff. So how much do you read? How much do you? I'm reading every day. Okay. I'm, I'm one of those kind of people. Big, uh, I just, big reader? I just, I just eat books up. But I'm the type that I'll get in the book and I'll be there for a while. Mm-hmm. Because I'm not reading fiction. Yeah, you're highlighting stuff. Yeah, I'm reading history. I'm reading books from people stuff. that are teaching. I'm reading, you know, where we come from. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, black people need to understand what Kemet is. Mm-hmm. They need to understand Egypt. They, un- they need to understand the fact that there's some some very specific principles in life that work. No matter what. Doesn't matter what color skin you are. It doesn't matter what religion you are. These are principles in life that work. And once you learn these things, you can do and have anything and and everything. And go anywhere you want. The most important thing that you must understand is, first and foremost, we are not only physical beings, but we are spiritual beings. Once again. When your physical man dies off, your spirit man continues. People say, I want to live for forever. I don't want to ever die. Well, you don't die. It keeps it going. You just transition into your spirit man. Your spirit man never dies. It continues. So to me, the most important thing for you to do is understand who you are, who God is, who you are in God, and who God is in you. I would love to break those things down. But we just don't have I got the time. you. <laughs> but hey, just the yeah, thought. Wait, the wait, thought. Wait, Say wait, wait. Yeah, no. There's more to us than this sure physical thing. I sure mean, right is. now we're transitioning. We're, if there was not more to us, we would not have survived coming through all we've come through. Come on, man. You know what I'm saying? So there's something to it. You're just, you're just not here. And you can't take it for granted. Some, you know, and we're putting a, we're being put in a position to just kind of shrug it off. Well, you know, oh, you're just here. The other thing that, that that you that people must understand is everybody is their own individual, right? And everybody has their own personal truth. That personal truth is who you really are, why you're really here, 
it's not something that somebody has told you you are or what someone is trying to guide you to be. It's who you really are. And once you get deep inside of yourself and you allow your spirit man to speak to you, he will show you who you are and what your purpose is. Once you figure that out, you'll wake up in the morning, can't wait to get to your purpose. Yeah. You hungry for it. The purpose is now transcends to being what you thought was a job. That's right. And all of a sudden, that desire, that want for that purpose, <laughs> it encompasses you, and you find a way to make that thing happen. So, so what what has your spirit man told you? What your purpose? Well, is part of it is what I'm doing right now. Is legislation? Nope. Spreading the word, speaking, saying what it okay. is. Okay. God has has allowed me to gain a lot of experience and knowledge. And he didn't allow me to have this just for me to have. He allowed me to gather these things so that I can pass it on. So the next phase of my life is going to be public speaking. Okay. So that's the next transition for you. That's the next transition. But that is is my truth. I see a, a motif in your life, you know, where you have continually adapted and transitioned into something else. And, well, and I've, yeah, I can, I can see that, that yes. that's, that's the next transition for you. Well, you're we not, all, you're we not all a stagnant have to person. understand that we have to constantly very reinvent. Adaptive. You got to mm-hmm. reinvent. Have to. The people, the people that don't reinvent, they die. In they that die. Place. They that's die right, right well, there. Well, and so they, they have perish. to. You, no, listen to what I'm saying. You have to. Okay. Unless you have to unless be your able spirit to man, Unless your spirit man said that you're not a very adaptive person. No, 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 no. <laughs> listen, listen, seriously. I know from my own experience, I came from Jersey. I moved from Jersey. The whole spiritual thing that happened for me in New Jersey was completely different when I got to California. So I had to be able to learn to get myself in a position where I can adapt in California because I'm, I'm, I'm like a fish out of water when I'm here. Okay, when I go to Jersey, people see me when I come back to California, they say, you must have been to Jersey because I went back and dove into the water that I'm used to. Mm -hmm. But when I come to a place like California, Mm -hmm. I have to position myself. I have to ground myself. Everything changes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Because I'm a different being in California. Okay, Mm -hmm. the things that I wanted to be. When I got to California, changed when I got here. Right. I left New Jersey as an entertainer. I was a singer. I came here. I was going to be a star. I was going to be a singer the whole nine yards. But the universe out here come wasn't going to let that happen. When I moved to Sacramento, I didn't come to Sacramento to be an artist. I really didn't. Right. He was out a of boredom. Right. I, I went inside myself and found out what I needed to be doing in Sacramento. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so that was I needed to be a creative person. Found your I, truth. Sure. I didn't know I was going to be a professor at American Co- American <laughs> River College, but that all came about by being in a place where I can get close enough to myself inside myself to ask myself, who the hell are you now? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So if you if you are in touch and you awaken and you you have been awakened, a lot of the things that go on don't affect you Mm-mm. because all you can see and think about is going forward. You don't get stuck. You move forward because you're you've removed yourself from all that stuff. Yeah. And it may sound like it's light and it may sound like it's crazy, but those that have done it yeah. mm-hmm. can sit back and say, "I get it." Oh yeah. And you don't allow other people to, to dictate. What who you, you are, That's what right. you can or can't do, because you know your truth. That's right. I didn't never know who I was. I got to meet Jerry Simpson when I moved to California. Mm. Yeah, okay. When I lived in New Jersey, I was Jerry Simpson in the eyes of other people. Oh, that's Jerry. He's this. I'm, that's Jerry. When I came to California, I didn't know nobody. You became Goss. So I became Goss. Mm. And so I got people in California, in New Jersey, asking, "When did you become this person?" 
And in reality, I've always been that person. Yeah. I just didn't have a chance to bring them out. Well, I, w- I would like to, this very been very introspective. 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 <laughs> 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 and and, and I, I look forward to your next evolution, to um, <laughs> dig deeper to your own personal. Yes. Oh, yeah. it's working. Yeah. Yes. That new adaptive. So do you, have you had speaking engagements oh, already? I've, no, not not uh, of a professional nature, but I have, I have spoken to crowds many times as a vehicle uh, through the uh, Chambers of Commerce, you know, through church activities and uh, different things where... But no no political aspirations? No, I do not want to go in politics Mm. because I don't play politics. And if you're going to get in that game, you got to play that game. Mm, That's true. And see, to me, that's not... No, that's not... I don't don't think it's, it's, it's right for a person to take a vote to represent people, and then they go and play politics. You should be representing those people that voted you in office, no matter what the politics. But that's not the way the game is played. So that's not me. Yeah, it's not. That's not me. Well, thank you, Mr. Lombard, yeah. Mr. Edwin Lombard. Edwin Lombard. LLC. Yeah. <laughs> that it was a very it was a roller coaster ride. <laughs> it was the a life very was a very yes, and, and a roller say, coaster I'll, ride. I'll say this. From we the, just barely the golden, tapped the surface. Okay. From the <laughs> no, from the golden you. tail, the soul to soul to uh the what's what the B boy what's not the B boy but the go 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 boys. The go go boys from the go go brothers and oh my god, you've been all over to the state capital. Yeah, starting at sixteen, your life just was yeah. I wish you could see yeah. TV so that I can let y'all see him pop. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's some Soul Train episodes that you can definitely see. I'm that. definitely going to look at one. Oh, really? Have you yeah. ever did that little the little crossword puzzle thing that no. they, they had on there? No, you never did that? You too busy dancing. The little ducking, puzzle thing I that they I was ducking do. from that stuff. <laughs> you did? You was on there? You did that? Oh, very Okay, cool. y'all need to give me That's some exact cool. shows y'all on so I can go and see. I, I will send you a link. Nobody. Please do. Yes, episodes. <laughs> episode numbers. All right. <laughs> Thank you very much. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much. So much. So 